Welcome to the Celtic Way podcast, where we look to bring a fresh vision of spiritual life by nurturing a vibrant, evolving, and sustainable life with God in nature. Celtic spirituality is an ancient tradition of seeing God in everyone and in everything. Great to see you again. Good to be back together. And I, I just got back in from a beautiful walk outside, and I was thinking about you and Susie, and I was wondering, how is the autumn season in Wisconsin this year? Well, <laughs> autumn in Wisconsin is one of the very few times when you can justify living in Wisconsin. <laughs> <because> <laughs> the, the summer we have mosquitoes, the winter you can hardly go outside because it's so cold and snowy, but autumn is just spectacular. And my parents actually live up in northern Wisconsin, and they kind of already experienced the peak of the changing leaves. And so we yeah. spent some time out on some kayaks and canoes. We take our coffee out in the morning and just let ourselves be surrounded by this wonder of autumn. And unfortunately, this year I've been traveling a ton. I've been traveling and speaking a lot with an organization called Rachel's Challenge. And I love doing that, but I say unfortunately because... Honestly, the most beautiful place that I've been this autumn is my home, <laughs> like Wisconsin. Oh. Everywhere else that I've gone, it hasn't had that beautiful color or that hasn't oh. been at that place yet where, where the change is happening. And just a week ago, I was out in California and I met someone there and she heard I was from Wisconsin and that's all she wanted to hear about because she'd never been anywhere far enough north during the fall or during the autumn to experience yeah. the beauty that comes with this change. And I know in Colorado, you guys have, have a pretty spectacular autumn season as well. When I've been out there, I know you have a lot of evergreen, so you still retain a lot of that greenness, but then there is a lot of change that happens, correct? So how have you been experiencing oh, yeah. that? This year, we're actually having a full autumn season. I mean, some years in the past with global warming, I guess we've had this prolonged summer. It's almost like it's like, all right, already, all right, you know, and then autumn comes and then comes this invasion of winter, you know, the cold blast from the north and the leaves fall off in a hurry. But this year, autumn, <laughs> autumn's hanging around, <laughs> literally, it's lingering, you know, it's just, it's like you're describing Wisconsin. It's so freaking beautiful. Uh, just the daily walk I do, it's breathtaking. It's time to make hot chocolate and marshmallows and hang out outside and watch the sunset against the mountains. And by the way, the smoke is gone, so we can actually see hey, the mountains again. It's a know? new day. Scott, yeah. I was, I was uh, on a walk with one of my kids, and we live out in kind of out of town in the country. And so we have all this, this property that we can walk on. And, and they had mentioned how amazing the smell is in autumn because you, yeah. the leaves start falling and they start kind of decomposing on the ground. And there's this yeah. wonderful smell that comes with that. And that's it, one of the yes. things that they were saying is their favorite thing about autumn. And then I don't know if this is everywhere, but in Wisconsin, people burn stuff, like they burn piles of yeah. leaves and things. And even yeah. like the smell of burning leaves is, is, right. is wonderful. So all of our senses are inundated in the fall and it's, it's so wonderful. It is just the best. It is, and it's beautiful, and you're right, the smell. I grew up in Iowa. We used to burn leaves there, too, you know, yeah. Some about yeah. our Midwestern nature likes to burn stuff, I guess. That's I right. <laughs> Fire. <laughs> yeah. I walk, and I get lost in the beauty 
I walk about my halfway mark, I start coming back and I start thinking about invitation. And we've talked about this before, but I want to just share with you what's going on with me recently. This invitation to relinquish, hmm. to surrender. And I'm older than you. And so we were talking before we started recording. You know, when we were younger, we thought we knew everything, we had answers for everything, you know. <laughs> And as time goes on, it's like my questions are now the mountains. My answers are now the plains, you know. And I met with somebody over lunch today, and they had some serious questions. And I could just feel the temptation to say, well, here's some answers. And I thought, no, I really need to relinquish that, which is not true. I don't have those answers anymore, as existentially important as they are. To learn to release and to relinquish is, at times is difficult. You know, it's, it's the admission to the truth, the truth, which is reality. That is so well said, but so brutally difficult and honest. Oh, and and yeah. I can relate with that a lot. I've been in this season for, I would say, probably since we've met, if not a little bit before of this oh this long, this, you talk about a prolonged autumn. I've been in this prolonged autumn of just digging through inauthentic forms of myself and trying as a 45 year old man, finally trying to find like the true self that's hidden, hidden beneath piles and piles of all sorts of things. So I, I resonate with what you just said there. Some of these patterns of what certain writers call the false self, you know, it's like peeling an onion and it's tear filled. But I'm I'm walking through these red and golden yellow and some of the trees that stay green all the time and and the blue jays are out, you know. I haven't seen blue jays here for a long, long time. And the sun is coming through these different leaves. And I think, God, this is heaven. And so I start thinking about relinquishing and releasing. And inside is this little voice, don't be afraid to do this work. It's difficult work. It really is letting go, you know, and creating space, which is not always comfortable. I'm going to be 70 in June, which I can't even imagine yet. But it's like creating space used to be so invigorating for me. I was like, oh, more freedom. And, you know, all this. <laughs> creating space now means emptiness and sitting with the emptiness. And somehow the false self and the, all this stuff I used to fill space up with, it's just not real, you know. So I'm glad the autumn is beautiful this year because I think it holds a promise. The beauty of letting go is finding the authentic life, is, is finding the, the genuine self. Oh, boy, I was finishing up the walk, and I was coming up to the door, and the wind just gusted for just a moment, you know, and all these leaves fell off literally right in front of me and landed on my footstep. It was an amazing experience. As beautiful as autumn is, the work, the inner work, is equally difficult. And the reward is, is such an invitation to two things that I'm, I'm just rediscovering. One is reality, really, really living in reality and truth. And hopefully that brings, like one of my favorite authors in the 70s was this German biblical guy. His name was Rudolf Bultmann, and he 
talked about authentic existence and it reminded me of Kierkegaard and all the existentialists who want you to be true to yourself and so on. The interesting thing, Scott, in my mind, as we're going through kind of this process in life of a, a long, prolonged autumn and working through to try to find the true self, sometimes I've noticed people really liked my false self because oh. he was light he was a lot more funny, maybe. He was maybe more optimistic. And I think there's a truth to, I mean, because of the reality of our world, the reality of humanity, especially now, like my true self holds with it a fair amount of sadness and sorrow. Yeah. And I see it as, as beautiful and meaningful and helpful. But there's certainly, you know, a piece of that I think that people struggle with. And that's probably just because they also are struggling to live in their authentic self. And so Matt not being the funny, optimistic one is probably hard on them. Or Scott, who listens so well and is so tenderhearted and full of compassion, can at least give me an answer that I can hang on to and go back to my house with, you know. Right. And just one of the questions, I won't go into all these, but you know, you've sat with people, Matt, like this. Oh, I just have a question, you know, like did Jesus really rise from the dead? I mean, you know, that's a little question. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, she would say to me, Why did Jesus come in the first place? You know, and I know I've known this woman for a long time, and I can tell you, I not only like her, I just love her, who she is and her questions and in her authenticity. And I said to her, I just love that you can bring these questions. She's like, I don't love it. I don't love it at all. I would just, would just soon have some answers, you know. And, and I said, but, you know, in our journey of faith through the seasons of life, questions come and they, too, are our companions. Hmm. They invite us to growth. And the answers, quote unquote, don't always come quickly. I think actually good answers need autumn. They need to present as beautiful and eye-popping and catch our attention. But then the struggle of releasing and relinquishing about things we thought we knew is part of the deal. Yeah. And I know when I've been in those spaces, and I'm sure you can relate as pastor, priest, chaplain, whatever hat we may have had on at any given moment. Yeah. And maybe it's our culture in America, but there was this expectation, not only that we would have an answer, but that we'd have an answer in that moment. There was a pressure yeah. to provide an answer in that moment so that they would feel okay with whatever their question is. But yeah. what I've found in my life is that answers almost never come quickly. Like answers are really difficult things. And sometimes, yeah. honestly, sometimes the answers don't come at all. Yeah. Okay. And when I said to her today, I said, let's keep meeting for coffee and let's keep sitting with this. And she just looked at me and she goes, I knew it. I knew this is where we were going to end up. And I said, how are you with that? And she's like, well, I trust you. So I'm okay. I'm breathing a little lighter, and I feel a little freer. And it is a journey. You've always said it's a journey. It's an exploration. And I think the journey is exploring us as well as we are exploring it. I really think that this God is really wanting to be more involved in my life than I was ever, ever aware of. It led me to this thing about Jesus and, and I thought about this, of course, after I left her and I'm driving home and I was thinking, and this is going to sound very simplistic. That's kind of me. That's the real me. I'm not a real deep person. <laughs> and I thought, you know, here I am created in the image of God. 
don't have that figured out, but believe it, it resonates to me. It says something to me. And I thought about Jesus coming. He's created in the image of God. And what he wants to do isn't provide some salvation outside of myself. That's really not a, a topic for me anymore. It's He's coming to show me what's inside of myself. He wants to be the representation of the image of God so I can get after it as I'm exploring my own life. And that then will create some new space in me to be very careful about not forming codependent relationships, not continuing in toxic patterns of I'm the priest and you're the parishioner, not being addicted to people saying, oh, I just love you, I just want to be, I like you, blah, blah, blah. blah. And it will create some space for me that now as a two on the Enneagram, when I really want to serve somebody, I'll really give that some space before I enter, jump right in. Oh, this needs to be done. Boom. Oh, just jump right in and, and let's do it. You know, you as a two on the Enneagram, I'm a seven on the Enneagram, but in this space, it leads to the same desire, which is to want to give people answers to their questions. You know, oh, I want people to be able to get answers and move on. You want people as an Enneagram two to feel okay so that they yeah. can move forward as well. And unfortunately, both of those probably are, are unhealthy and, and unhelpful as well. And I would say, Scott, I would say in regard to this idea of struggling with having answers to questions, when you are in that space a little bit longer, there is freedom and not needing to have the answers. Amen. And That's it is a good truth. thing. It is, it a, is good a thing. very good thing. I was just doing some writing to Autumn. I was writing to Autumn, my companion, mm. and I said, you know, you're really kind of a trickster. Your beauty <laughs> captures my attention. You're beautiful, you're gorgeous, and I'm sucked in. And then all of a sudden, a gust of wind, like the spirit comes along and blows your beauty away and leaves me with the gifted work of Autumn that really does lead to some very true, authentic life. I want to read a little piece by Meister Eckhart. The title of this book is called Meditations for the Restless Soul. So I think in some ways this book was written for you and me. The title of this is Letting Go. Eckhart says, I don't like the dark. I'd rather be clothed than naked. Yet you, referring to God, yet you tell me I must let go of all that clothes me, my joys and fears my worries, and even my imaginings, and give myself to the dark emptiness where you wait to be born in me. Mm. In yeah. some ways, it feels really horrible. In other ways, it feels really beautiful, kind of how you yeah. described Autumn to be. You yeah. know, you're attracted to the beauty of even that poetry that you just shared or that writing that you just shared. But then when you dig into it enough, you realize that that is a hard space as well. I'm glad we talked about this season together and our experience in it, because I can picture pieces of Wisconsin. I hope you can picture some nice scenery from Colorado. Autumn is simply beautiful, majestic, vivid. And it takes us in. It brings us into the work that is difficult 
very real, very honest. And the reward then, when we do this work, when we allow the beauty first to embrace it, and then seal it with this kiss of difficult work, we are rewarded with the kind of life I think Jesus came to show us, an authentic, true self that's always in process. I like Autumn. As difficult and beautiful as she is, I like Autumn and appreciate her. To learn more about Celtic Way and to become a sustainable donor, please go to CelticWay.org. Also, find us on Facebook at Celtic Way. To support this podcast, please subscribe to it, give it a five-star rating, and write a review.